Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I think! Brilliant! Gee! He's round the goalkeeper! He's done it! Absolutely incredible! He launched himself six feet into the crowd and Kung Fu kicked a supporter who was without a shadow of a doubt giving him lip. Does it tame and tame and tame again? Break up the music! Charge a glass! This nation is going to dance all night! Scott Parker blows the hole just days after discourse apart. Can a weigh-in suck the ball into the net? 19-year-olds rolling back the years. Gary Neville ludicrously pluralising the wee hours. Who are the most crisis? What crisis team in the Premier League? Nottingham Forest dominating the opening 17 seconds. And a 65-year-old man in Doha just saying Fulham over and over and over again. Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 186 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and with me first of all for the adjudication panel is Charlie Eccleshare. How's it going? Good, how are you? I'm alright thanks. I am thoroughly looking forward to this Thursday's release of the beautiful poetry of football commentary by Charlie Eccleshare. You must be beside yourself with excitement. And it's at the end, after the end of the transfer window as well. No break for you. Well it's deadline day. Mm. September the 1st being... Oh wow. Yeah, this ridiculous uh, deadline day this season. Um, so what a day it's going to be. Absolutely. Looking forward to seeing you outside a branch of Waterstone. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for it to open. Fl- flyering to people. Like, Come Nothing in. yet, Jeff. Nothing yeah. yet. <laughs> 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 We're to, yeah, waiting for that elusive first sale. But once one comes in, yeah. <laughs> I hope that there are some people doing a trolley dash. So they're sort of picking up my book with, with various others. You just need one book sale to go in off your backside. And exactly. Then, uh, yeah, absolutely. Alongside you for the adjudication panel, of course, is David Walker. How's it going? Very well. How are you? Really good. Um, listener Charlie says, looking forward to the adjudication panel corner on this week's Football Keezies. <laughs> <laughs> it has felt a bit like that, hasn't it, to be honest? Yeah. I mean, this is like an emergency pod. You know how you know podcasts will do these emergency ones if like Boris Johnson resigns or a manager gets sacked. We were like, we have to, we have to do this. No, this is possible. going out. This is going more or less at the scheduled time. Actually, uh, late, later than usual, to be honest. Later than usual. <laughs> later than usual. Yes. <laughs> but I'm telling you right now that Richard Keys and Andy Gray will never dictate our publishing times. They come to us. We don't go to them, as may be increasingly apparent. Uh, just to give you a little flavour, it though. It's Fulham. Fulham. As I said you have time. Fulham. Fulham. I think of the newly promoted Fulham. Playing technical wise. Nigel. Let them celebrate. They what played. is the real? What is the? What's the problem with them celebrating? Fulham. <laughs> it's like one of those things where 
You know, if you just keep saying a random word again and yeah. again and again, eventually it will sound absolutely absurd. Mm. And you're yeah. getting into meaning. that territory by the end of it, yeah. yeah you just described Richard Keys. We'll get to that forthwith. The adjudication panel kicks off with the relatively breaking news as we record that Scott Parker has parted company with Bournemouth. Gareth Sermon writes in, Charlie, and has pointed me in the direction of a newspaper headline that says, Scott Parker is sacked by Bournemouth just three days after they were hammered 9-0 by Liverpool. Gareth asks, can you be sacked just three days after a 9-0 loss? If anything, three days feels like a surprisingly long amount of time to react if it's scoreline related. I have to agree. Mm. I feel like just three days doesn't apply here. (laughs) No, and it almost feels, someone suggested to me, that it's like they waited for the bank holiday Monday to be over, (laughs) uh, which was quite kind of them. You know, we'll we'll do it on a working day. I mean, I have to say as well, I would have paid a lot for there to be a kind of farewell press conference the earnestness that would have been cursing through every pore of Scott Parker the amount of you know at this moment in times and present moments just yeah pretty gutted that isn't going to happen yeah myself and the football club we yeah what's he gonna say now (laughs) how much respect he would have for the football club it would just be so high even though they've just sacked him right on to uh our bread and butter content uh callum ray writes in dave and says sam matterface during manchester united versus liverpool after united went one nil up said don't adjust your radio it's really happening has to be the most ludicrous use of the phrase. I've never heard of don't adjust your radio i've never heard that one before no but but actually more appropriate than don't adjust your tv sets because you can actually sort of adjust the radio. You know, you still, that's still what you do to like, Move over tune to 1053 instead of 1088. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe it does work better than TV, Charlie. Yeah, more that I, I don't know if that, if what happened merits that description where adjusting anything. I'm not sure. It, 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 it's not in the realms of needing to adjust TV, no. radio, whatever medium you're watching the game. But what's through. happened? I'm, am I picking up some sort of weird yeah. foreign commentary here? <laughs> this can't be, this can't be right. <laughs> Yeah, a slight dose of irony, perhaps, but I quite enjoyed the variation on the theme. Now, speaking of which, Tom Stoker writes in, Charlie says, on the Burnley versus Blackpool highlights on ITV, the commentator said that the Blackpool fans will try to suck the ball into the net. Can an away following do this? NB, the away end only covered half the goal they were attacking. This is awful. (laughs) If anything, you're going to be sucking it diagonally. I mean, yeah, that is very much a cop thing isn't yeah, it yeah but away I, fans can't do it right yeah I, d- I don't think so they can play their part they can more than play their part <laughs> yeah but i don't think they can suck the ball in i think compounded by the fact that they were only behind half of the goal means that the sucking just wouldn't work no you build up your sucking powers over a number of years i think oh uh, okay, yeah maybe you're right yeah it isn't just something you suddenly do it's something mm. you become known to do mm. okay yeah it's yeah, also that's... because it is quite a specific thing it's like a swell that builds up and up with the weight of numbers. Away fans, are, what they're doing is a more defiant sort of thing because there are fewer of them. I do yeah. think the sucking it is quite a specific, what, it, what it's describing is quite yeah, a specific phenomenon. It's an overwhelming phenomenon. spell of pressure Exactly, as well. exactly. Yeah. You yeah. just can't really do that in the same way as yeah. away fans. It's completely a home thing, no doubt. Um, Isaac Williams has some very fascinating uh, WhatsApp chats, it seems, Dave. Um, he was chatting to his mate about what purring means in a football context. <laughs> his mate says it means, doesn't it not mean lethal? and ruthless and Isaac says no it means they're enjoying themselves they're loving it 
like when a cat purrs, it's a sign they're comfortable enjoying themselves. And his mate says, if I was thinking of a tiger purring, they're probably eyeing up something huge like prey. (laughs) Isaac says, yeah, true, but it would be more of a growl, I feel. Um, Fascinating conversation, but I have to say, and I told Isaac this himself, I think, Charlie, that purring, what purring actually means is the purring of a car engine, the purring of a... Of a Rolls well-oiled Royce? machine. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it could be Rolls Royce. Interesting. Be- although there's not a massive. Yes, I mean, I guess there is. I think it can kind of be both. That, that to me, it is. It is that sense of um, things are going really well. You're powerful. You're confident, and you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. What? So what I, would the context be? So where would you he's see absolutely this purring word used? right now? Three oh, he's absolutely he's pur- he's absolutely purring right now. Oh, so you so, think it's more of an individual? I thing. think it's an individual player who Ooh, wow, okay, who's having one of those games where they're like an attacking midfielder, they're knitting everything together, they've probably scored to like add gloss to their performance, and every time they get on the ball, they're they're trying stuff. He he's absolutely purring right now. I, I thought of it in. The context of hearing like a commentator saying Eddie Howe must be purring right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Interesting. But not like a cat, but maybe it is. Well, hmm. It's it's all sort of linked, isn't it? Yeah. Just seems like an odd thing, odd analogy to use. Why do I have to be purring? But I think think purring, even if you're you're using purring as the purring of an engine, does that not still come from the same sort of place? Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of onomatopoeic, isn't it? It's, mm. it's from the sound of a cat purring. But I, I, I do feel it. there's an extra layer of kind of effortless mechanics going on. I don't know. Maybe it isn't just not just pleasure. Anyway, sucking, purring, where do we go next? Um, <laughs> cricket is where we go next, actually, Dave. Uh, this is from the Royal London One Day Cup, whose official Twitter account, people paid to write about cricket, said this, top of Group A, Sussex topped the table in style yesterday after putting 400 past Middlesex. You can't put a number past another team in cricket, can you? You're not putting it past them. This is insane. I mean, I suppose in a way you sort of are. You're actually hitting the ball beyond the fielders into the, into the boundaries, <laughs> I, I guess. I don't like it, but Charlie. It doesn't feel right. That, they can't that, have it. That does feel weird. Just occurred to me as well, would they ever say in cricket... If a team's batting awfully and it looks like they might genuinely get like single figures or something, that this could be a football score. I uh, never thought about it. Would that ever be said? <laughs> could that be said? I mean, it's actually more accurate than yeah, the football cricket is. score. It is. Has there ever been a nil-nil in cricket? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm not letting cricket have 400 passes. five days of attrition. No, Can you no ship wickets, runs? No runs. Can you ship runs? I reckon you can cricket? ship runs, yeah. Can you? Yeah, that, maybe. That doesn't sound... That sounds like it would make sense. Yeah, they're shipping runs. Mm. And they've got to stem the tide. Hemorrhaging runs, I think you hear. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> God. Uh, anyway, <laughs> sucking, purring, and then hemorrhaging. Right, next up. Next up. This is from Liam M. This is great. The news that Blackburn had to field 19-year-old Tyler Morton in central defence for their League Cup win against Bradford due to some selection issues. One report read... As follows, the 19-year-old midfielder has joined Blackburn on a season-long loan after impressive pre-season at Anfield and rolled back the years on Tuesday to play (laughs) centre-back as Rovers made it through a tricky trip to Valley Parade to book their place in the third round. What possible thing could they be meaning here, Charlie? I've got no idea what rolled back the years could mean here. So it's talking about him specifically? Apparently so. Um, Yeah, I mean... I guess could it have been that he, as an an academy kid or something... Didn't play centre-back in the academy. Uh, My... Slight research has told me. Right, because that's the only thing I can think of. 
that he you know he was doing mad things aged 14 and that the real cognoscenti know that whose years are he rolling back yeah that i that 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 is baffling you can only roll your own years back definitely yeah, back, yeah, to, his, back yeah. to his Leeds days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trying, to think, trying to think of a logical explanation for this. Is it that they think it's an old-fashioned thing to do? Yeah, may, yeah maybe it's being conflated with... It's yeah. like, I don't know, it's like old what? school or it's classic or like paid homage to the tradi- the great traditions of the club. And are so they thinking... on young shoulders? Like he's, he's playing beyond his years? Is it like that rolling thing? the back? <laughs> are, they getting conf- are they getting somehow sort of confused or mixed up with the sort of concept of players who move backwards through the team as they get older. Yeah. Oh, I see. It's it's just... Could be. I can't think of the logic here. I can't see the mistake that's happened. No idea. This is also wonderful. This is the best footballing pluralisation we've been sent for a very, very long time. This is from Neville Charlton from his namesake, Gary Neville's overlap episode with Jeff Shreves. It's superb. I think waking up in the twos and threes (laughs) o'clock. So if I get to four, I'm really happy. Five, I'm buzzing. But sometimes I get up in the twos and threes and that annoys me because I've only then had sort of four or five hours sleep or four hours sleep. Just to recap, Dave, the purpose of pluralising something, especially in a football context, is to pad out the evidence for something that you don't really have much else to say about. In this situation, I cannot think of a less necessary pluralisation than getting up at the twos and threes. Yeah, because, yeah, so if you were talking about football in a football context and you were saying your Harlands yeah. and your Sellers, yeah. you could, you're could you saying it because your, your brain can't be bothered to think of four players, mm. which you could do, right? <laughs> but you're just saying Harland Et al, I suppose, is yeah. what you're actually saying. So, yeah, the twos and threes are clocks. The twos and threes are clocks. So double yeah. pluralising of it. I mean, it wouldn't even be more ridiculous, Charlie, if you said, like, two o'clock, three o'clock and co. Like, it would have been <laughs> even weirder. I don't think that would have been as weird. I think you'd just about get away with it. It explains so much about him as well, that he would be somebody who wakes up in the twos and the threes. Who wakes up in, in the twos? Oh, it's, it's well, Neville, someone who's as kind of... As what does he do? Omnipresent as he is. What does he do when he gets up at two o'clock? There's nothing else going on. Go if you get, I can understand if you yeah. get up at five. Like the world is sort of waking up. Maybe people who do early shifts, whatever. Parents. Two o'clock. The light attack the day. Three o'clock of this world. No, absolute madness. I don't. I just don't understand why anyone would ever construct a sentence like that. The football <laughs> has just completely corrupted his brain. That's all I can think of. Yeah. Right, Charlie. I, I ask you this question: Which Premier League team do you think has had the phrase "crisis"? What crisis applied to them the most? Uh, let's go big six only. Ooh, interesting. I. Hmm. Chelsea are quite good at looking like they're in a really bad way, but then somehow salvaging the situation. Arsenal did it a fair bit under Wenger because they'd sort of scrape a top four place when it looked like they weren't going to. But I'll go Chelsea. I don't underestimate how, how often the phrase can be used. This isn't an ultim, ultimate season thing. This can be used at any juncture. Um, I think Chelsea, Man United, surely, in recent years. Uh, Manchester United are fourth of the big okay. six with 151,000 mentions on Google of crisis, what crisis in their context. Chelsea are second Actually, Charlie, 211,000. But the runaway leaders, appropriately enough, are Arsenal, 658,000. Streets ahead. But they are the most crisis-what-crisis team because they've had the whole familiar failings and then then celebrating like they've won the league situation. So they're they're a very rollercoastery team. Yeah, I I suppose suppose it does make sense. Can we also touch on, Adam, the... uh, the 
that they started the league with three straight wins and three straight after each of those wins examples of whisper it which made me think they are the most whisper it team i think because it got me thinking that whisper it is so often a sort of wariness of false dawns yeah Yeah. what you're saying is we've been here before you know arsenal are are a classic yes they're doing well but it might all fall apart but whisper it Whisper. Something's building at the end. Arsenal are whispery. So I think um, they're a very they're sort of whisper at central. Not an unrelated note, Dave. Um, Jar Jar Bread writes in and says, "Are Arsenal the most? A year ago, they lose this game. Team in the Premier League. <laughs> yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Spurs are also quite like that as well. There's been quite a lot of that. But that that cliche annoys me so much. It's, it's so often used about games that actually teams have a reasonable record, you know, or places that they go to that they actually have a reasonable record at. But it's just, and it's such an easy, a year, a year ago they lose this or they don't win it. It's um, such an easy thing to say. But no no team in Premier League history have had their character doubted as much as Arsenal. It's, it's, it's barely a year ago that they were weak, bullied. Yeah, so, I heard someone the other day, I, actually I think it was on one of our podcasts to be honest, talking about Arsenal's soft underbelly. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, have they still got that? Is that you can have a dark underbelly, but you can't have a soft underbelly. You just have a soft belly. <laughs> yeah. It's not an underbelly. An underbelly, yeah, it's a different thing. That's like crime. Victoria that soft underbelly crime. is like a proper part of Arsenal DNA. Yeah, that has been there. That has been talked about for more than a decade. Yeah, well, they've got like they've got good. like Xhaka, and they've not got soft lads anymore. No, no. it's quite. It's, it's a bit of a shame that 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 skin is being shed. But you know, football's got to move on. Did like this. Jamie writes in with a very, very niche Games Gone sign, Dave. He said, Joel Ward at the Etihad tapping the ball plinth like it's the This Is Anfield sign. That's Games Gone, according to him. (laughs) Why would you tap the ball plinth? That's a rubbish um, superstition. Did he tap the top of it? So the ball's already been taken off by the ref. Did he tap it? It's a good question. I would, I would guess it's more of a side thing. On the like side. You patted it like you would pat someone going as, as you walk past them. Yeah. Like, he couldn't have patted the top of it. <laughs> even, even then. Like it was a buzzer and a game show. Yeah. I do it, I do it for every game, actually. I pat the ball plinth. It's, Weird well, it one. might be a superstition. Who knows? But um, I, do, you do, the, do you do this? So I, I don't know. If, I think it is sub, sort of subconsciously because of the this is Anfield thing that yeah. sort of was put wedged into my brain as a, as a child. Mm. Like if I am going down some stairs and there's an overhanging, <laughs> I just sort of, I just always tap yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, tap I've done that. <laughs> yeah. I do know what you mean. Just, you know, stylishly as you just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. recognise it. Fair play. Yeah. Good. This is downstairs. Yeah. Good to know your boundaries as well. Good to know you, you know, where you fit. Bournemouth notably losing 9-0 to Liverpool at the weekend, but there was one up in Scotland as well. Celtic putting nine past So time. annoying, 9 nils, aren't they? Mm. What do you mean, agonising? Yeah, just someone make it 10, please. Yeah, but the weird thing is, as they do seem to be on the rise, the 9 nils, Dave. But I still mm. think it. I think it's still it's still an astonishing number to look at in a football context. So I'm not hankering for ten as much as some people are. I think nine still looks pretty cool. Yeah, I've just had an. I've had an, I've had too many nine nils. There's been there has been too many, especially in the last couple of seasons. There's been a, a, a smattering of nine nils. Yeah, and I want to te- the, the time is now. The time is right now for for someone to finally hit double figures well, and, then, and then when that happens there'll be a slew of columns and pieces going this is the sign that the Premier League is broken beyond all repair yeah. and all that well I mean I don't think we're ready for 10-0 on this evidence Charlie because um, as Celtic put their 8th past Dundee United at the weekend one live update platform said that Abada completes his hat-trick to add further gloss 
I'm not having seven as gl- any type of gloss, let alone further gloss. Not even further gloss. <laughs> it's not gloss, is it? Gloss is... Gloss will be four or five. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's way beyond that. That's just I mean, the, unnecessary layers of gloss. That's a whole lot of gloss. Yeah, don't need that much that gloss. Yeah. So what is it then? Is it, no, so, right. Okay, let, let's do this. Let's do this. So one is, is a... One nil will be a deciding goal. The winner. That's fine. That's clear cut. Two would be sealing a victory, but nothing more than that. Arguably could be icing on the cake if it's a particularly good goal or a nicely worked goal or maybe a goal for a youngster or someone coming from injury. I I think the only way it could be icing on the cake in a second is if it's like such a surprise victory that like 1-0 would already have been incredible. Mm. Yeah, okay, yeah. 2-0 is like... I mean, that just puts the icing on it. Having your cake and eating it and with the icing on it. Yeah, nice. I, I, I agree with that. It's really good. So three is firm icing on the cake territory then maybe maybe if you were feeling jovial dave the cherry on top but oh, yeah maybe the four maybe four could be the cherry on top yeah four would be crowning like just capping it off four four would be a capping of a great victory just caps mm. it off it just yeah, crowned you capped, it. You capped, a, capped a great performance with yeah a, a late four. Which, so is, is crowning better than a cap more expensive at the dentist. <laughs> a crown is better than a cap, after <laughs> yeah. all. Yeah, but you, I don't think goals necessarily crown victories. I'm rowing back on this one now. You, uh, you can crown a performance. I think that's right. Okay, so five would be gloss. Four could be gloss, but five is our entry for gloss, added gloss. A, a subgenre is the sort of deepened the gloom or the, the Compounded focus. Compounded the misery. Exactly, yeah. I think once you're into that, the realms of six, seven, eight, nine. Part of the focus six is, is on your sixes, your sixes in the sixes, the seven. Your focus is more on the team. They're mm. the story almost. The team that getting so battered that uh, further humiliate. You added further humiliation. Salt into oh, the wounds. Yeah, exactly. salt, into salt into the, the wounds. Gaping wounds. But they can coexist with the positive developments for your own team. So compounding the misery can be three, four, or five onwards. I think. But yeah, gloss ends at five. Six. Yeah, six is just such a hammering. Yeah, I don't. I don't it's not. Doesn't feel very glossy. I think six onwards, you just don't need anything. Like it's just like you're not adding, you're not adding to the performance. You're just racking up the goals from there. You, you might be doing some getting in on the act at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five or six you know, would be getting in on the act. You're, you're, you're winning so comfortably, but, or um, but almost apologetically, you know, you might be scoring some goals. Yeah, I, I don't think there is anything after six, but it's certainly not gloss. That's for sure. I, I do think seven. Seven takes it into a different realm, I think. Mm. I think a six It's nil, novelty, isn't it? Seven. Yeah, seven I think seven upwards is, is yeah, is a novelty score. Like. Yeah, the stratosphere, the rarefied air. Absolutely. Right. This is superb, Charlie. Michael Waddington was watching uh, Wolves versus Newcastle on Sky. And he said, Jamie Redknapp just said Ruben Nevers' strike against Newcastle was delicious and then said it's venomous. Can it be both? Venom is not delicious by design. It's <laughs> a good point. It, it is something of a uh, a wrinkle in the language of football, but um, I mean they both could mean more or less the same thing in football context. Yeah, I think that's a good observation. But I think goals can be both venomous and delicious. Maybe I mean, obviously, delicious there is a there should be an element of sweetness, and obviously, venom is not. Yeah, you could have um, a delicious chip, but you couldn't have a, you wouldn't have a venomous chip, would you? Power. No power. Yeah, you, you, it doesn't need like, like I I think there is. They're not that similar, venomous and delicious, but there will be occasions where they just about mm. the Venn diagram sort of includes them both. Delicious, because ven- venom is more about the power. Yeah. Delicious really doesn't have to be. No, it can be, but that's a delicious strike. Does not have to be. It doesn't have to be a, like mainly about the power. It can be about other things. Yeah, 
Nice spot nonetheless. So too was this by several people who noticed this approximately 17 seconds into Nottingham Forest versus Spurs. There's the whistle. Still swishing. No, come on. <laughs> you can't have a good start after 17 seconds. I know it was an incidental thing. I realise they got a free kick in dangerous territory, Charlie, almost straight away. But th- that does not constitute a good start. Uh, that, yeah, that's not a start. Uh, we went through starts, didn't we? But we definitely didn't set. We definitely settled on longer than 17 seconds. I think. Yeah, I think it's all Don Goodman's fault. He's really opened the floodgates here. But like. <laughs> It, you you could say you could say oh Forest have come out the blocks quickly, can you? You could you can you can remark upon them really going for it from yeah. the off. Yeah. But a a good start is it's an all round thing. You need many a period elements. of time to yeah. to Agreed. cement that. Yeah. Completely agree. Um, I mean, the swishing of the Sky Sports graphics have barely stopped, uh, so that doesn't even <laughs> count as part of the game, as far as I'm concerned. Until the swishing stops, the game hasn't started. Right. Um, Okay, fine. Enough people have sent this in now. I will have to do it. Here is historian Dan Snow going aboard HMS Warrior, the most advanced battleship of the Victorian era. So the crew on board had to be brilliant. They had to be proficient at all the old-fashioned sailing techniques of the sailing navy, whilst also working out all the new technologies that this ship embodied. So, Andrew, you're the man in charge of HMS Warrior for the National Museum of the Royal yeah. Navy. For my sins, yeah. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> um, <laughs> that built up so well. Dave, it doesn't feel like a particularly for my sinsy thing. It sounds a pretty cool no. job. I had, honestly had no idea where that was going. I was thinking, is he going to do pluralisation? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and then as soon as I saw a man <laughs> with a job... Being, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as soon as he introduced that shit. <laughs> HMS, FMS. No, um, not, not a, is it a form, No, I don't think it is. A proud, proud yeah. honour. Yeah. yeah. Um, a bit so geeky, I suppose. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a bit nerdy history, but yeah, yeah, other than that, yeah. Get a real job. I don't know. Fine. Fine with that. Hello, I'm Mark Chapman, and we finally reached the closing week of the summer transfer window. Premier League clubs have spent more than their German, Italian, Spanish and French counterparts combined, and they are not done yet. Don't miss any of the twists and turns with myself, David Ornstein, Adam Crafton, and many more on the Athletic Football Podcast this week as we take you inside the deals that really matter. We're free to listen wherever you get your podcasts, and we're ad-free on the Athletic app. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League 1? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Ravel Morrison scored his first MLS goal for DC United against Atlanta United the other night. Charlie, but I have to say, I don't think I've ever heard these words said in this particular rhythm before. Rodriguez gets it right back, trying to flick it into the box. That's cleared out. Shot! Finds the back of the net! DC United... Ravel Morrison won nothing. A phrase we're just so used to in football, but I just, I just honestly, I don't think I've ever had the words delivered to me in, in that particular <laughs> cadence. No, all said with such, uh, don't know, in, like each individual word was given so much power away. <laughs> and fines in particular. He's, he's really emphasised the fines. Shot mm. fines. Yeah. The back of the net. Just like it's like curious capitalization in Daily Mail headlines. It's like, which which yeah. word is he going for it? It also reminded me of when you're doing an Instagram story, but you can't fit all the words onto, and you have to decide where you want to put the line break uh, with your text. And sometimes you think it looks wrong, and you worry about it. So that's that's what I think it's a bit like. Next up, Adam Lissaman writes in and says NASA's Artemis project they quote aims to put people back on the moon after a 50 year absence. Will NASA be a breath of fresh air on the moon, or is this an agency that is absolutely geared towards a permanent lunar presence? (laughs) (laughs) Again, Charlie, this is just a very good example of football polluting our brains. Back on the moon after a 50-year absence is a perfectly acceptable thing to say, but if you are of any football intellect, that's it. You're done. Could NASA be described as a sleeping giant? (laughs) Are they? Do they want to make the moon a fortress once more? <laughs> Again. <laughs> well, as as Nesbit Economou replied, they said they always say never go back, and I think that applies here. No disrespect to moon. <laughs> <laughs> this is a genuine never go back, isn't it? What's the point? You've done it. You're trying to relive former glories. Yeah. Um, ben Davis writes in and says, to be fair to the moon, it's definitely made itself a tough place to go. Yes, very good indeed. Uh, yeah, just love that. Elliot Flockhart was watching Air United versus Dundee on BBC Scotland on Friday night. And uh, they were talking about what a lovely evening it was for football. And they noticed that 
In the Scottish Championship, the groundsman had cut the grass into concentric circles uh, and it raised a rather unexpected issue for the presenter. Perfect evening for football, I should say. Look at the pitch, it's absolutely glorious. Ryan Stevenson, those geometric circular patterns, you know, you know all about obviously body art. Are you an aficionado when it comes to pitches? Do you like that or do you prefer, you know... No, I, I like that, but it certainly did not look like that when I played here. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that, that just shows you how far he'd have came off the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically enough saying that. But they've grown as a club. To have that sort of pitch, to have the standard of pitch that they have, um, it just shows how far, the, how far the club's actually came. I'm not sure about it, Liam, because it doesn't help with the offside decisions, do you know what I mean? We're needing some straight lines here, Jonathan, aren't we? Luckily, we've got the 18-yard <laughs> box not too far from us, so we can hopefully use that tonight. Appreciate it wasn't being super, super serious here, Charlie, but I like the idea that um, concentric circles will make life harder for linesmen. <laughs> um, it's true. It's true. That whole exchange was amazing. They talk about how that's a sign of how far we've come as a club. <laughs> when you're starting Off to do like fancy, yeah, fancy patterns, is is an amazing sort of way of measuring a, a club's progress. Maybe it, it's true. It 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 might not help for the linesman deciding the uh, the offside calls. Could be useful for strikers making an arcing run. Oh in behind. yeah, <laughs> like in a two hundred meter race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What a great arcing run that would be. Right, Charlie, I've got a, a football cliche for you. I'm going to define it for you, and you've just got to tell me what it is. Um, its origins allegedly come from 1896 in a New York Sun article about its emergence as a saying in the city. It's described as a man or youth who may be relied upon to be at a certain stated place when wanted and on whose assured appearance confident expectation may be based. Mark, uh, someone who always delivers, marksman? More about where they are rather than what they oh, do. right place, right time. Oh, so close. But what is that person described as? And think of the person as well. A very particular person. A generic man in the right place at the right time. Oh, is described in football as... Every man? <laughs> Poacher? No, no. You're, the answer you were looking for was Johnny on the spot. Johnny on the spot. Johnny on the spot. <laughs> Greatly. I, let's never not do the test Charlie out on... On a football cliche in a quiz. Um, Joe Patch writes in and says, is there a fixed criteria for being described by a commentator as Johnny on the spot? He says he feels like it's when capitalising on a dropped cross from a keeper or when profiting from a low ball across the six-yard box from a teammate, basically tapping into an unguarded net. So I think we can agree, Dave, that it's a goal-scoring thing, mm-hmm. Johnny on the spot. I think former rather than latter in that example. When, if In terms of what image comes to mind, it is... Yeah, somebody just like snaffling around the six-yard box Ready and just pounce. pounces on a dropped ball or a or a, a header that goes wrong or whatever. I don't I don't see it so much for being there, being a tap-in tap-in merchant. But what I think is interesting about this actually is how it's evolved is that it's not just right place at right time because often it will be used as evidence of how hard someone works or how good their anticipation is. So I'm imagining this will be on a match of the day thing about this player who's played really well, and you're saying. He, all, all day he was making smart runs he was on the move and there he is Johnny on the spot ball lands to him and he, and he pokes it in So I because th- I think you're giving someone credit you're not you might be saying they're Johnny on the spot but what you mean is they're sort of it's not coincidental that they're there I, I agree with the spirit of what you're saying but I think we need to be very careful here being a Johnny on the spot has nothing to do with the with the yards you've put in to get there Lung bursting runs do uh, have nothing to do with being Johnny on the spot. It's, it's literally Gary Lineker, Mexico 86, being in the right place at the right time, either yeah. by design or luck. 
It's almost because, as the sort of original description from the New York Sun uh, says, it's almost like they don't do anything other than be on the spot. They've just hung around there all day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they were they, uh, they were on the spot originally, and they're still hmm. there. But yeah, you don't make a lung bursting run to be Johnny on the spot. No, no, no. You don't do it to do it in that moment. What I more what I more mean is that you're the Johnny on the spotness. I think is is often used as a way of giving you credit for your sort of intelligence and the fact that at other times in the game you've been on the move and you've never switched off at any point. Okay. And your reward almost is being the kind of, and look, and then there he is, 86th minute, Johnny on the spot, ball lands to him. And I think it's quite Loro. I can imagine Loro used that in co-coms. And there he is, Johnny on the spot. Yeah, it's very much of a generation. Like Your geniuses wouldn't be using Johnny on the spot no. these days. Um, just just about okay. Like, I feel like it's still understood. But, um, but just to be clear, Dave, we definitely can't be Johnny on the spot if you were just there to clear a ball or block a shot. That's not Johnny on the spot. No. no. Seems a shame. Seems unfair to me. It's so if principle. you were like, you know, yeah, like you Ashley Cole line, who used yeah, to clear exactly. it off the line all the time. <laughs> imagine yeah. if that's said on Match of the Day. Like, that scenario you've just painted, Charlie, is perfectly feasible. But imagine on Match of the Day, he says, there he is, the goalkeeper's committed, but he's there on the line, Johnny on the spot <laughs> to clear it away. It wouldn't work. <laughs> there would be uproar. Imagine Ashley, the Ashley on the line. <laughs> very good right Ned's bit economy is back and he says um, Peter Drury was on commentary duty this weekend as always but at the city ground he said Harry Kane doing Harry Kane things uh, it felt like Barry Davis said adulting or something <laughs> um, do we think do we think Drury should be above this hmm. y- yes I mean yeah. I think Maybe. probably also the fact that he's not He's not on social media, is he? As, no. As how does he get exposed to this stuff? Yeah, see, I think... Kids. Some sort of curi- yeah, curious how that sort of permeates yeah. him. Harry Kane... Harry decent, Kane. decent choice but of if, player for it. No no quibbles with that. Harry Kane does occasionally do... Harry, Harry Kane, Kane doing Harry Kane things. <laughs> <laughs> right, that rounds off the adjudication panel. Nothing more really to do from mm. this uh, long weekend of Premier League football. Mm. I can't think of anything. Oh, the hang on. small matter. <laughs> the small, small matter of Keys and Grey Corner. Sunday. All right, before we get stuck into the main course, this was this was a mere starter from Richard Keyes. Now, it would be easy for us to rip into this in the way that we usually do. But if anything, as he debates Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool selection problems with Jason McAteer, this is just rigorous journalism. So is the conclusion that they are slower now than they were? Is that the problem? Yeah, but then you can... You can argue the fact with 11 injuries, he's not picked the team that he would like to maybe give them stats. 11 injuries. Make him count yeah. them, so, Richard. Okay. Well, let's, let's look at it. Let's well, run, look. run past us of the 11 who would be starting in your first team. Thiago. One. He'd be in. Fabinho would be in. Maybe. But, he, but he's not injured, he was out. But I'm, mm. I'm thinking he's, out, he's not. Yeah. yeah, he left him out. Yeah. I think so, he's not quite right. So. One. And then I'd have Jordan Henderson. Nunes would be in. Jordan Henderson's... Nunes would be in. Nunes would be in. Canate would be in. Suspended Nunes, so not injured. So, so there's, one there's, of your 11 injuries. Well, there's three players I've got in the team that aren't playing right now. Mm. And then you could argue Curtis Jones would come in maybe no, for... And, well, you could do, because you can change <laughs> you it. Could, you could argue Tommy Smith. And he's younger, and he's, no and, he's younger and he's fitter, and he gets around the pitch a lot quicker <laughs> because of his age and his... <laughs> uh, so much to enjoy there, um, Charlie, but, I mean... 
first of all, uh, no longer with us is such a Richard Keys way of saying <laughs> someone has died for a start. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, I, again, as always, love McAteer just about clinging on to his patience, Dave. So, <laughs> so when when Keezy says something like, "Well, you can't really argue that," well, you, you could, you <laughs> could, you could argue that. Um, it's great. He it's must such just, a good dynamic. He must just be constantly thinking, like, just think, think of the cushy life you have here. And, oh, just, just like block out the yeah. provocation. It's yeah. a good gig. I know you have to hang out with Keezy, but it's fine. Oh dear. Yeah, just the, the beginning of another weekend. Of Richard Keyes just not letting people finish. It is really wonderful. It is his gig. After all, he is the front man for all of this. Uh, as we all know, though, his preoccupation this weekend was Arsenal's celebrations after beating Fulham late on with a late comeback. Here's the first burst. <laughs> Steady, Connor. It's, it's Fulham and the trail at one time. They've had nothing much to cheer about Richard for the few weeks. Get that, Andy, but let's not get too carried away. No, no, and I, and I <laughs> four games into the season. I don't think the players will. They talked the for a long time there today and eventually beat But Fulham. as I said to you, half time. I, I understand. Enjoy it. But, mm. like, no, I this don't is, understand this. Is, this. They've this just beaten Fulham. This is overhyped. They've won <laughs> nothing. I can't hide the fact that I find him nothing. extremely irritating. <laughs> just waving his arms around like a window for 90 minutes. As if anybody can hear him, let alone see him. And he's never in his technical area. And I, I, They've over-celebrated this. It's a 2-1 win against newly promoted club. <laughs> What's his beef? Why is he so obsessed? This is what's amazing, is he kind of betrays, I think, what a lot of this is about. Do you remember in a game last season, Keezy tweeted these incredibly low-res pictures that I think he'd taken on that massive screen they had, yeah. of Arteta being outside his technical area, <laughs> which he then returns to at the end there as a way of explaining why he finds it so irritating. And then in his blog on the subject, he uh, he talks about this as well, and he says that... The, he says... Um, what uh every other coach has to stay in his area but not arteta it seems why is this could somebody tell me if he doesn't have dispensation could the pgmol do something about it please i mean th- this is the big issue for him he's a stickler for rules and arteta's breaking them i just i'm just trying to figure out dave what arteta's done to him yeah i mean really like, like, he actually their paths just... won't have crossed but he certainly hasn't double crossed keezy so what is it outright coming out and saying he he annoys he you know how much he annoys him it's uh, just laying your personal vendetta bare for all to see, which I suppose, why not? If that's how you feel, get it out there. But like, well, does, doesn't he do a, strange. Doesn't he a lot of our, the boxes Keys would hate? He's sort of fancy down foreigner. He's a kind of young, precocious manager. And, Key, you know, he's... But, I mean, Keezy, if you think, what's Keezy's dream manager? It's sort of English, proper football man. Sits back in their Recaro seat with their arms crossed, just watching the game unfold. Exactly, yeah, Yeah. grizzled veteran. Arteta is like the anti of so many of those things. Mm. Was Arteta ever out of... He wasn't out of work, was he, between City and Arsenal? No. I was thinking maybe they they tried to get him on (laughs) and he turned them down. That that conceivably could be it. That's the thing. Maybe for the Euros. Maybe they tried to get him for the Euros or something last last summer. Don't turn us down. (laughs) Too good for us, are you, Mikel? It's not too much of a Wenger to do it. It's good enough for him, Mikkel. <laughs> so this this was the aftermath, the uh, the celebrations of Arsenal versus Fulham. But um, that that clip went down so so well. Keezy came back for another go. I think this sort of reaction to what happened yesterday from Arteta and Co tells me how far they've fallen. 
Arsene Wenger would have been howled out of the arena if his team had <laughs> scraped a 2-1 win with, in effect, an own goal that was way off target until it took a deflection and a present from Jay Leno. And this I, is a 2-1 kind of win I don't think, against oh, let me tell you, Fulham. I think if Nigel had, had been in his Man City side, if that had been me and my Everton side, we both won the title, mm. right? And that had happened. We would have been relieved mm. to have got back in it Fortuitously won the game, Agreed. shook hands and got off the pitch. Straight down that's, the tunnel. That's what I think my team would have done. Yes. Yeah, I think it underlines how far they've fallen. I don't think that so. That a 2 one think... win against newly promoted Fulham <laughs> is being received in the manner that it was by the coach and the players. Fine, you know, supporters, Fans, enjoy your yeah, afternoon out. Great. And celebrate all you like. But come on, Fulham. The fact that they come from behind as well and at mm -hmm. the stadium and show mm -hmm. resilience says something also about that squad. And of course it is early days, Nigel. but I think you pull too much weight on celebration. We're Nigel. talking about celebration. Nigel. We're not talking about the game of how they've been playing technical-wise. Nigel. Let them celebrate. They what is the real? What is the what's the problem with them celebrating? They weren't. <laughs> I, I would understand I, that if they would beaten Tottenham, I don't the North even, London I don't derby, even care. City, Ireland champions, Liverpool perhaps. They beat perhaps. Fulham. Oh, uh, where on earth do we start with this? I mean, oh. first of all, Charlie, you get the full range, the full vocal range of Keysy. Broadly, you get the three octaves of Keys. You get the mid-range, his broadcasting voice. You know, uh, you know, you know, yeah, and. And then the really sort of low one, which is, you know, it's just, no, no. And, and then, Fulham! I don't know about you guys, but I, I was obviously, I think because we're too close to the subject, mm. so we see, we're sort of aware of, of Keezy. I found it genuinely staggering. And I felt a little bit of pride at how people yeah. would, would, would seem to genuinely be triggered by Keezy, as if his, his sort of... Um, his voice carries this great weight as if this was sort of one of the most influential commentators of the game mm. talking about it. You know, it's not 1995. Yeah. Keezy has these vendettas every week. I, but I've genuinely, you know, I know a lot of people who are, who are actually furious about it. It's amazing. Keezy setting the agenda. I didn't notice a single other person. I, to be brutally honest, Dave, I didn't notice a single other person bemoan Arsenal celebrating a late win over Fulham. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, of course. But it's, it's curious how this has pricked the sort of general wider consciousness. And as you say, Charlie, and any listener to this podcast will know, Kesey has been doing this. This is his stock trade. He's been doing yeah. this for, for quite some time now, quite happily, getting on with his business, just being him, being Kesey for better or, or indeed for worse. But yet this has sort of become a thing. But it's also like, didn't Agbon, Gabby Agbonlahor do this about yeah, three months so, ago or Jamie right. O'Hara? Like, yeah, Agbonlahor did it. It's so such an Arsenal thing. It's, it's a, again, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm the first person to have a gratuitous pop at Arsenal fans from time to time. But it, it, it is an Arsenal thing, isn't it? Like, the, the, why are they getting this... Why? They're not. They weren't wildly running around the pitch like they'd qualified. For yeah, it wasn't. Final. This is the thing. You watch it back. It's like, what are they actually celebrating like? They're celebrating like they've won a game two one after being one nil down, and they're top of the league. It's completely appropriate levels of celebration. Up personally, there was one last season, Dave. I think it was the Agbonlahor one where he was like they're celebrating as if they've won the league. And I was watching. I was like. If that was how a team celebrated winning the league, it would be the most mute. It was a kind of like going up the away fans, clapping and doing a bit of like fist pumping. I was like, that's not how you celebrate winning a league. Even the B in sports panel just couldn't figure it out. Keezy called it celebrating like they won the Champions League. Uh, Andy Gray said celebrating like they've won the FA Cup, which is a bit more <laughs> measured. But even then, it, that, you know, there's still a lot of more rigmarole that they weren't doing. But um, the hidden magic in all of this, Dave, and perhaps the 
the real symbol that Kesey was enjoying this the most, and like seeing his words take off on social, which is why he doubled down on it later on, was his um, uh, just pure Keyesian insertion of Jay Leno yeah. as Fulham's goalkeeper, which you could you could see he thought, ah, oh, this is good, this is a good one, but it's it, you, in in conversation you can imagine him saying, "Burn Leno, might as well have had Jay Leno in goal." <laughs> it's just rubbish it doesn't make any sense it's such a shit reference absolutely contactless insertion of Jay late night TV host who's what been retired for a decade more than a decade (laughs) it's so good it's so on brand for that to be his point of reference Jay Leno Jay Leno what else is there to say I, I felt a little bit of that sort of weird you know when you're into a sport or a TV program or something that then kind of hits the mainstream. Yeah. And you slightly don't know what to make of it. Because on one hand, you're like, oh, I'm really glad this is reaching the masses. On another, you're like, I kind of quite like the intimacy. So I've had this weird thing over the weekend of like, ev- everyone's sort of getting on board with this, uh, the Keezy thing, which... I think You're being a Keezy snob. A good thing. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't want to police... <laughs> how much people feel about Keezy you know that we don't want it to go full circle but it's just been it's been a it's been a real roller coaster. <laughs> going up to people with Richard Keyes t-shirts and going have, uh, have you got their second album can you name me a few songs <laughs> uh, sorry you've you watched the Mariah Carey interview have you <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I feel your pain actually Charlie because you know uh, a solid 48 hours at least has passed since since the enjoyment of that and our opportunity to record this and I felt like we were just so far behind mm. uh, uh, and it, it was gutting it was gutting because there's nothing more to add there's nothing more to add it is, well, it is I'll, pure I'll, I'll add one more thing go on then so just look at Andy Gray for a second he uh, halfway through that he asserts that he would have been straight down the tunnel after <laughs> after after winning that match he wouldn't have been jumping on Peter Reed's back <laughs> but if if if, let's just say that all the Arsenal players ran straight down the tunnel, <laughs> they would be the first to say... They celebrate like they've just been absolutely. relegated and the yeah. team have yeah. made in the pitch. To Can't even them. go over to the fans and, and thank them yeah. for their attendance. These fancy Dan players, Andy. No respect. Brilliant keys in grey corner. Uh, I hope we did it justice. Um, people have seen it already, but, um, but yeah, wonderful stuff. And that brings us to the close on the adjudication panel. We'll be back. On Thursday with Mesut Harland Dix. Uh, Charlie, good luck to the beautiful poetry of football commentary. Thank you very much. And I can I recommend our listeners, in if they can't wait in the next couple of days, we've got some commentary episodes in the archive, so mm. dig those out. Fantastic. So. Bring out another book, and then we can call it Charlie Eccleshare doing Charlie Eccleshare things. <laughs> um, but yeah, brilliant Stop stuff. It, Charlie Eccleshare. Thanks to you, Charlie Eccleshare. Thank you. Thanks to you, Dave Walker. Thank you. Thanks to you, Richard Keyes. Thank you very much for your time and the explanations. And thanks to everyone for listening. See ya. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.